This is episode 63 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. This is the very first week of a new series all about dads. What do dads think? How do they feel about their job of being a parent? In the next four weeks, you're going to hear many different fathers in different situations, and you're going to hear their passion about parenting. You're going to get tips. You're going to learn some new things, and it's going to be great. We're kicking it off with Curtis Webster Jr. He's going to talk about how he raises his girls, his journey, what he's learned, and how he developed a community of fathers that are like-minded, that band together in this journey of parenting. And we are in this journey together. I would love for you guys to be able to be a part of the Focused Mindset community. Head over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com, and you'll learn all about it. And I always leave helpful links in the show notes. The show notes are just right below where you're listening to right now. On most platforms, you just scroll right down and I want you to check out that. You'll be able to find out more about Curtis, how to join my Facebook group, Solution Focused Families, how to find my course, Conversations That Empower, and just how to get all the resources that we provide right here at Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset, the focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I am welcoming my friend today, Curtis Webster Jr. He has a very unique Facebook group that I ran across one time and just randomly shouted out to him to say this is the coolest thing ever. And ever since then, we've kept in contact. And I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to go on a Facebook Live with you, Curtis. And um, I am just thankful that you're here today during our June Talk About Dads Month. So how's it going today? (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, Cher, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and to represent fatherhood. I, um, it's been, it's been an amazing time. I've learned a lot in this last year, this, this, this pandemic time, fatherhood has definitely changed and looks different for me now than it did, you know, 12 years ago when I first started, but, uh, but I'm learning every day and that's my goal. And I love resources like yours that help me to become a better father. And that's, that's, that's been my goal ever since I, since my oldest uh, was born. Well, I'm hoping that's exactly what I provide, but even more than that, I'm like you. I just seek out knowledge and I just want to grow, you know, and I think that's so important as a parent that we don't get stuck in our ways (laughs) because as soon as we do get stuck in our ways, forget it. (laughs) That's right. You're either growing or dying. Right. There you go. There you go. (laughs) You know, I, I kind of think that speaking of families, the first thing that I like to speak to as, as a father is, I mean, we'll learn about your your group and stuff, but first kind of tell us a little bit about your family. What, what, how, what's yeah. your family makeup and how many kids do you have? All that good stuff. Yeah, no, most definitely. So, um, so once again, thank you for having me, Curtis Webster Jr. I am, um, I have an amazing wife. Um, she works over in the emergency uh, room at the local hospital here in Raleigh. We have three amazing daughters. Uh, I, I call them three divas. <laughs> so 12, eight and six Mm -hmm. Uh, actually by the time this comes out she'll be six so Mm -hmm. three young girls middle school and elementary school and man if if y'all see the gray on my chin I tell everybody I have my my hands full and it's so interesting because I come from a family of guys as a matter of fact my oldest my oldest my 12 year old she was the first girl born on the Webster side of my family in over 30 years how sweet is that yeah so I have two brothers um like I said I have a bunch of cousins you know male cousins a bunch of uncles um and then my daughter you know here we go and then I'm thinking I'm gonna have a I'm I'm Curtis Webster Jr I'm thinking I'm gonna have a Curtis the third oh yeah 
that didn't happen. didn't happen. Instead, <laughs> I got three girls, which is which is totally a blessing. <laughs> That's the way it was meant to be, right? That's right. <laughs> I have three girls as well. I know it's like you kind of have the back of your mind. I wonder if a boy's going to come. Nope, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah, girl. <laughs> no, no. And we might adopt or foster down the line. And we we've always talked about that. Oh, but um, beautiful. but no, we're 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 so excited about our girls, and they have definitely taught me a lot of things. And so words like communication, words like patience. <laughs> Words, words like man cave yeah, words <laughs> like uh hormones <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man oh. yes every day is a different experience <laughs> especially with your 12 year old <laughs> yes yes so uh, i have to ask though was there some kind of crazy celebration when a girl did pop out on your side of the family like what was there like I, I have never been around so much pink in all my life, pink and purple. Actually, my middle child, uh, Hannah, she loves green, which is oh, so goodness. cool. So now we're getting into some of the other uh, colors. But other yeah, the family, not only not only was it the first girl in like 30 years, but also was the first grandchild. Oh, on, my Lord. On both oh, sides. no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so, you know, down here in the basement, you know, so many toys, so many clothes that we've been able to pass down through the years through all, yep. the, through all the kids, which is nice. My oldest was also the first. And it was hilarious. It was like there were more people in the hospital that, you know, all they couldn't fit around the window. They couldn't fit. They were all just so excited. Most of them beat me because I got induced. Most of them beat me to the hospital and they were literally waiting for me like it was a welcome party. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm having a baby. (laughs) they excite me. They were so excited about a child See? coming into this world, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it reminds me of what, uh, like my 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 parents, my grand, you know, the grandparents of the children will say, and it takes a community. And mm-hmm. it's so cool when when the family can get that excited and can come around um, and yeah. help with the with the children. So, well, yeah. what was your journey? I mean, do you remember when you just that first moment of becoming a father? What was oh, that man. like? So, so becoming a dad was was crazy for me. I was, um, and I always have worked full time. We were let's see we got married at 20 oh lord i'm trying to remember see we got married in 2005 we've been married uh now almost uh over 16 years um and then after getting married we had our first child about two years later allison was uh right at the end of medical school oh wow <laughs> so all the craziness of medical school oh, she's no. you know doing the studying all the time in class all the time i'm working full time and then right at the end as she's going on residency interviews it's like oh hey here's a new baby we are having a baby <laughs> yeah so why so, not throw that in the mix <laughs> oh man so it, it, it was crazy and like i said that's when all the gray started and i definitely had to rely <laughs> on it, but I, I you know that's when i definitely had to rely on the on the community and the and the folks um all around yeah. my um Thankfully, we were in North Carolina, so my dad and my stepmom were close. And like you said, they they were right there in the hospital from the very beginning. So we had, um, you know, we had my family, uh, my wife's family came down, and we have just learned a ton from all these folks all throughout the years. And as I've learned from your show, not all the advice was good advice. Ah. And so I remember early on when, you know, we left from the hospital, folks would come and help out in those first few months because I needed all the help that I could get. Allison actually had more time off uh, because she was able to move her schedule around than I did. Um, okay. So listen, don't even get me started on paternity leave for uh, for fathers, but Thank that was you. a, yeah, that, that was that a challenge. Wasn't a, that wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> wasn't even, it know. wasn't even a thing. I actually had to save up all my time. And so I was just taking vacation mm-hmm. days. Um, thankfully I had saved them and never got sick. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, but but as the family started coming in, we had been reading all these books, and one of the conver- one of the hard conversations we had to have at the beginning was, we appreciate everything you did raising us, but we're choosing to raise our kids a little bit differently. Uh, <laughs> I had to have that same one. We're like, okay, oh, here yeah. we go. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, when you when you talk about, OK, we're going to do a few of the organic things, we're going to make some of our own food. We're we're not going to add um, um, the the formula and stuff early on. My wife wanted to exclusively uh, breastfeed, you know, and, and just, hey, well, we did you like this. Why, they why have not? so many opinions. You know, <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, it is so hilarious how many opinions people feel like they need to inject on first time parents, especially right. when you're young and it's the first kid. And you I was I'm, I'm totally going back in time because I was right there with you. (laughs) So, I mean, it was to the point where I don't know why this is because I think my stepmom has learned her lesson, 
but she had the nerve to tell me that my name that I chose was not a good name. I mean, I told her I'm naming my daughter Cherish. That's her name. That's going to be her name. And that's that. There you go. No, I don't really know about your name. I'm like, <laughs> this is the way we're starting out. Like, oh, I already man. chose it. <laughs> yes, know? it's already been done. <laughs> No, we had some of those conversations too. Our, our oldest is Sarai. We, um, our first two kids actually have names uh, that are biblical. And so, you know, but even that was a, was an issue, you know, it might be hard for people to, to say it or spell it. And it's like, yeah, but hopefully they've it gotten out. used to the fact by now that you're going to do it your way. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I, and I would encourage, you know, I imagine a lot of your readers aren't necessarily new parents, but at the same time, that whole idea of unwanted advice, people are always going to have those opinions to give to you. And yes. we all have to learn how to either take those and, and be like, all right, thank you so much and decide if we're going to use them or not, or let people know, hey, you know what, I appreciate it. Thank you, but no thanks. That is really hard to do. And while you guys are blending together as a family and then deciding, how do we want our family to look? It sounds like yeah. it was important to both of you because like you said, she wanted to make sure that she was nursing and both of you guys had yeah. that vision together. That probably helped out a lot being unified through that time. Well, something you talk about on your podcast all the time, communication, you know, mm -hmm. conversations that empower, right? Yeah. We, we, we talked early on before we even got pregnant, we had already picked out four different names. We already had, we, and, and of course, this is how specific we were. We were like, we're going to have a boy, then a girl, then a boy. And then we, like, like that we thought we could dictate the yeah. order and everything. So yes, we had a lot of things already kind of planned out. We had read all the different books, you know, all the stuff you do when you're first time parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And how was your third? And then by the time it was the third, it was like, all right, we, we, uh, funny story. Actually, we were at a resort and the, 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 the lady there that was trying to sell us to, you know, buy into the resort and everything else. Yeah. She actually gave us the name that ended up being for our third daughter. So she yes. actually said, oh, well, what do you, I've always loved the name McKenna. And we were like, like, we like that. <laughs> That's not a bad name at all. So by the time the third came along, it was like, all right, here you go. <laughs> like some random lady says a name. You're like, we'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take it. Exactly. We love that. <laughs> yeah, it's so, yeah. A little, that's the way it goes with the third one. <laughs> but some stuff I do better. I'm like, you know, because my oldest will be like, how come you don't, you're not that kind yeah. of bond with me. And I'm like, sorry, <laughs> I didn't know any better. <laughs> no, you learn, you grow and you change, right? <laughs> we do. We do. But I mean, I love the fact that you were excited about being a parent. You know, you were like, this is good. This is, we're doing this thing, you know? Yeah, I, I had amazing, you know, role models. I had amazing parents. Um, um, and, and so did my wife, Allison, growing up in, in New York. And so we, we, we wanted to take a lot of those experiences. And that's actually how we decided what we wanted to keep and what we wanted to change. And yeah. that's when we started our education journey that to this day still continues. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't know, I didn't realize that she had just finished up um, her, her schooling. Yeah, she was right at the end. Yeah, yeah right as you guys so, became parents. Li literally, we would go on residency uh, interviews, and I would be in the hotel with the with the baby, wow. and then I would show up because you know, of course, they want to have you. They want to meet the rest of the family, so we'd show up at the dinner or or at the lunch, and I'm I'm sitting there carrying the baby. Wow. And, you know, and, and, and like you said, even, even that being a, 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 you know, a new father, I get the, Oh, look at you babysitting, you know, the, 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 your child is like, no, it's my daughter. And, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm, yeah, I'm don't, get that's, <laughs> don't get me started. That's why I'm doing this month. I'm like, it drives me nuts when people yeah. say that the father, and that always drove us crazy when we were, Richard's like, you know, I, I'm not babysitting my child. I'm exactly. taking care of my actual child. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, I'm what? spending quality time. I mean, I don't know what you call it, but <laughs> yeah. And honestly, he had like a, um, a desire to where he was going to learn how to do our girl's hair. Like he was like, I am not going to be one of those dads that can't put a ponytail in. And he would force my little girl to sit there and he would figure it out. You know, I don't know. Did you ever uh, go through awesome. anything like that? Well, so what's funny is that's, that's my one non-claim to fame. I cannot do <laughs> hair at all. Well, and, no. <laughs> and then not only is it just a regular uh, ponytail, but now you're talking about braiding. We're talking about black girl's hair. Yes. And that's so not, yeah, that's a whole new, so, new ball game. <laughs> some of the guys in the group, they rose to that challenge and they can do the styles and they can braid and I mean we're talking a multi-hour process yes and no I thankfully like you talked about the third yeah. hey Sarai come and do your your little sister's <laughs> hair, your sister's <laughs> hair. <laughs> if it's all cricket or whatever who cares yeah. <laughs> just yeah. do it oh man so so that was my goal I was like you know what I'm going to find the people in the community that can help with the hair and then I'm going to empower them to do the hey to do all the other kids <laughs> that is resourceful right it's, it's called delegating that's we a leadership principle. Delegate the responsibilities. <laughs> 
Right. That's great fatherhood. Delegate what you cannot do. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is actually one of my big tips. Outsource stuff. Stop trying to be the superhero, especially oh, as I... men. As as men and as dads, and even and you see my logo for, for dads yeah. married to doctors. That's saying I a lot a when you have a logo crest. of a superhero. So yeah, you better explain <laughs> that. I don't oh, know. That, that was the thing. It was the whole idea of wanting to be the super dad, but I very quickly realized, especially as we were finishing up residency, we had a kid every step of the way. So in, in medical school and then in residency, uh, which was three years, we mm -hmm. changed to went to a brand new location, upstate New York, no friends, no family, you know, had to learn everything from scratch. Then wow. we finished up, moved back to North Carolina, but to a whole new side of town and had another baby. And so you, you throw in a whole new income, you throw in six figures worth of debt. Right. And then we have three different kids. And I'm like, I, I want to be the super dad. I want to be the superhero, but I've got to find a community of guys, of dads that are in life where I want to be and can help me to figure out how to live what we now call this DMD lifestyle. Well, tell us about, tell us more about that. Let's lean into that. How did, how did that all come about? When yeah. did you see that there was a need and how did you step into that, the role that you're in now? So, no, I appreciate the opportunity. So, um, so that was 2013 when we came back to uh, North Carolina. And like I said, I, I literally felt like I was drowning. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I always joke about the gray, but I literally felt like I was in over my head. You know, we had the older two that were at that point, I think, you know, whatever, five and six and, and, and under, then a brand new baby. And I'm like, okay, come on. You know, I'm about to go back to work. Allison started her new job. Um, I, I, and, and I realized, and, and that was probably one of my saving graces, you know, a lot of the, the guys that I would talk to prior to all of this, you know, we would, and, and guys typically get their, their information or get their help from their three best friends at the bar, Jack, Jim, and Jose. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, you, you know, that that's what, typically where a lot of the counsel comes from. And I was like, no, you know what? No, no, no. I need to lean into folks that that can actually give me insight on how to do this better, because I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best husband and I want to be the best man that I can be, because especially having three daughters, I need to set that example. And I need to be that that picture of what a, a, of what male interaction will look like as these girls think grow up. Was, how, I mean, just to interrupt you for a minute, like yeah, what no? what do you think instilled that within you so strongly that you had that strong desire not to go with the status quo in that way? You know, I, I think going through this, I, I, I've always, you know, loved to read books, listen to books, listen to podcasts. Um, and, and I think just realizing that there's so much to learn and that this world is crazy. And, mm -hmm. the, and we have a short window of time, 18 years to, to, to instill, you know, values and things into our kids. Um, my, uh, on my mom's side of the family, we've had family reunions that date back to over 65 years. Oh my and goodness. so legacy and family has always been one of those things that's huge for me. So actually when my oldest, uh, when we got pregnant, um, I sat down and I took our last name and I did, um, uh, I did a word with each letter of our last name. And oh. so now we have this Webster legacy, the Webster name that's up at the top of the stairs. And, and most nights before bed, I would sit there and go through each letter with the girls and say, you're a Webster. This is who you are. And you need to always remember because the world might try and tell you something different. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so let's go back to where you were in your story. Then you, you yeah. were, you were overwhelmed. You, you knew you needed support and then what, and then how did it continue to develop? Yeah. So, so we, um, we were building a brand new house. We knew we needed to change out the cars, uh, you know, which car, what, uh, what car can handle three car seats side by side in the back right. row, you know, stuff oh, like that. And, and I couldn't find the answers that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. um, I knew a few other, you know, dads that were married to doctors, but, but there was only, you know, a few here and there. So I said, let me look online. And I, and I could not find any organizations at that point. Wow. So 2014, I went on to Facebook and I clicked that create button and dads married to doctors. The Facebook group was born. We wow. started with, with 10 guys. Then it was, then it was uh, 50 guys. And then next thing you know, it's a hundred and then 500. And, and in those first six months or so, when we hit about 500 guys, I was like, wow, I'm not the only one. And there's so many other people out here that actually get it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that right there is such evidence that there are people doing the same search as you were and wanting to have a place that they can share those same qualities. Is that, I mean, it just attracted people that were the same type of caliber that you were looking for, huh? That's exa that's exactly right. And, and especially being so, uh, so niche, you know, so having yes. such a specific group, being a dad mm -hmm. married to a physician, you know, um, and this is global. It would grow like that. that is, yeah. wow. so, 
you know, so now you fast forward um, six years later, we're over 4,000 dads in 25 wow. countries around the world. And we grow by about 25 dads a month you know, at this point. And it's all organic growth. Yeah. That's amazing. What kind of but, things do you guys do? What, what, what is it that you've uh, been able to provide? Or is it just basic like chat and talk and, Hey, I'm dealing with this or what? <laughs> or Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. When it started. And I tell people all the time, I started the group from a selfish perspective because I wanted, I wanted that group. I wanted to be able to bounce those questions off. Yeah. And now it's grown to so much more. We mm -hmm. have been able to do um, in-person gatherings. We were doing a once a year um, a dad only retreat, which oh, wow. this was something I didn't even think about, but as a dad, you immediately lose your identity as a individual person. Yeah. And so, you know, I used to go out and hang out with friends and hang out with the guys all the time. But once I got married and then once kids, the kids came along, all that stopped. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that once the group started up, we were like, no, let's, let's Unity. get out. Let's go back and reconnect and have that community. Yeah. We do now, especially with COVID, we do virtual events. Yeah. We do things like, like how you mentioned earlier, bringing, um, amazing guest speakers and, and experts in these different fields into the organization so we can I learn how to be I was one of those better. amazing speakers. <laughs> <laughs> one of those amazing experts, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we still talk about your interview to, the, to this day because, you know, parenting changes. It's a, it's a daily struggle and it's, and it's a daily gift to, to be able to learn something new about our kids all the time and mm -hmm. learn, how to, learn how to do it better. But, but that's the thing, as, as the different needs arise, um, it's amazing to be able to have an organization where we can bring those resources to help the wow. guys grow. That is, I mean, that's such an amazing tool and, and it is so niche, but the people that are, uh, are listening, if you are married to a doctor and I suppose it would be any doctorate, like probably right now, you probably have not only people that are medical doctors. Well, so in this particular group, we are all, it's all physicians. It's all MDs no, wait, or, or DOs. That that's yeah. Oh my yeah. Mind. I was like, <laughs> Oh, the reason he has that many is because oh, it's no, doctors no. in it's, general. It's wow. all specific to, 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 to medical, to medical doctors. What now type we are, of things are unique about that, that you guys think you talk about that other groups wouldn't? Now I'm getting curious. No, no, no. So it's, it's, it's funny you ask because early on, I put it out to the guys. When we got to about 500, we had dads that were married to chiropractors. We had dads married to, to veterinarians, dads married to, you know, to nurses or MP. And that's, wow. a, that's actually one of the big debates. And, and they are all medical they're all they're, the 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 family of healthcare is so crucial one uh -huh. of the things we talk about all the time is you you don't see the whole nurse versus doctor debate within mm -hmm. within DMD because we know they're all part of the team and every key is important every every part of the team is important i cannot but, imagine some of the conversations <laughs> you guys had with covid hitting and stuff i'm just like thinking now like how oh, yeah. rich and unique that conversation must have been and see, and that's where the, the idea of having a niche specific group really came into play because you take a, take something like COVID, you talk about frontline workers, you talk about some guys where their spouses literally were leaving their home mm. and going up to New York to help, you know, with all the craziness when, when it was in the hotspots in these different areas, working with dads that were experiencing the grief because their spouse ended up dying wow. from being exposed to COVID. Yeah. You know, you know, dealing with their kids being sick, the, 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 the whole routine of, the fear, uh, of how can we know? be safe, the fear, the anxiety, mm -hmm. so many different things. And that's where we realized, you know what, having a very specific niche community is so key. And that's one of my key things that I would encourage everybody listening. If you don't already have a tribe, find your group, find yes. your community. It's so yeah. key. And reach out and just talk and, and communicate. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm guilty in the, in the groups that, I'll reach out to, you know, it might be parenting, but it might just be that I need to connect to a group of women for one reason or another. Exactly. Um, sometimes I'll just listen and sometimes I'll just glean. And that's, if that's where you need to be, then that's where you need to be. And, it, and just right. read. And then you're encouraged. I'm sure your men are encouraged by what they hear from the other guys that say, oh, wait yeah. a minute, I'm not alone in this. Right. You know, one of the things, and I don't know your demographics of your listeners, but most guys don't look for support. Most guys mm -hmm. don't look for support groups or, or things like that. Most guys like to hang out, but they're not going to go looking for support. So one of the things I had to be very careful of is not describing DMD as a support group. No it's way. a community. It's an organization. Yeah. It's guys getting together and doing what guys do best. But oh, by the way, we're not just going to be the men's locker room. We're going to learn and we're going to grow and we're going to become better in the process. Oh, yeah. And you say if anyone comes and hops on finds your um, Facebook, you're very bold about it. I mean, you say right up there, which I don't have it up, but something about um, building better fatherhood or what? what is it that, that you right. have From, in the back, like celebrating fatherhood or something? Can, what's that, your that, 
Yeah, no, that's exactly right. From very, the, almost from day one, I, I, I came up with a mission statement saying we were going to empower and educate one another to become better men, father, and husbands. And if you're not trying to do that, if you're only looking for a place to complain and, and berate and so on and so forth, you know, that's fine. We want to be your sounding board, but we also want to provide that environment where you can grow. Let's not complain just for complaining's sake. Let's complain so that we can grow. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, I mean, people that want to grow are going to gravitate towards other people that want to grow. And that's probably one big reason that think people just started sharing, 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 and then you're, you just grew. (laughs) I mean, I I, I like to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that, I mean, I would like, gosh, I mean, there's people listening today that um, are just fathers, you know, and I think the things that you've learned, not just fathers, but they're fathers that aren't married to doctors. Okay. And the thing is, is that the things that you've learned, I can tell are now branching out to help a broader, you know, a, a broader group of fathers that need also need support. You know, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, especially um, with with Father's Day coming up, there's a, a gentleman I met uh, through Dad 2.0, which is another dad based or, you know, organization. So mm-hmm. Dad 2.0, also through the National At Home Dad Network. Um, I'm not a stay at home dad, but I am a work from home dad. I've always been an IT consultant with the flexibility to choose where I work. But I met a gentleman um, who started up a, 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 an event called Father's Eve. So mm-hmm. the night before Father's Day, we get together and, and have um, some, some amazing fellowship and talk about our stories. Wow. But, but through all these different organizations, through um, these different fatherhood groups um, that some were specific like, like DMD and some were, were wide open and very general. And you learn something from all of them. So I'm in multiple groups because you can learn something from everybody. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And, and I, I am a big advocate of that because, you know, again, it's all about growth, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I, I just feel like there's been a lot you've learned about fatherhood through having a group of fathers, but do you have a group that's also really diverse, like it, it, it culturally, ethnically, I bet you, cause you said all over the world all over the world. How that must have helped you as well, because I know that that helps me a lot having a very diverse, I I'm very similar in that manner where I live in a very diverse place for one. So that's always been, uh, culturally very easy for me to, you know, I mean, our, in California, we don't have, I mean, I, in my little neighborhood, I literally have probably each and every race that exists in the world. I mean, we have them all like there's just all right here. I'm not even sure if there's more than, you know, a few white folks. I mean, we're just like, we're just one of many. And so (laughs) um, we're just, you know, and I think the the majority of the people in my particular neighborhood, for some reason, when they bought are um, of Asian descent. So it's just the way that it is in California, in many places in California, not all, not all for sure, but very, very diverse. And that is so important as a parent to have diversity. Um, what's your story with that? Because your, your, your wife's from New York. Yeah, now right. you're in South Carolina. Do you live in a diverse place or how do you create diversity or is it important to you? Share us a little bit. About no, most, most definitely. And I appreciate you asking. So like you said, with my wife being from, from New York city, from Brooklyn, you know, she was right in the midst of, of diversity all over the place. Um, you know, she's an amazing Spanish speaker. And we talk about that all the time because she'll talk to some of her patients. And they're like, are you Dominican? Are you, you know, are you Colombian? And they're like, we can't, they can't tell because she learned from a Dominican. She learned from a Puerto Rican. She learned from a, somebody from that. So, so it's amazing what diversity can do and how it can influence you. And so when I started the group, I, you know, I, I thought about, okay, should it just be United States? Should it just be one, you know, particular area? But no, I wanted to open up those experiences from all over the world. And it's been so amazing. We have all these different holidays that are celebrated. So when, for instance, um, um, uh, w- with Easter just passing or Passover or Ramadan, you know, Chinese yes. New Year, yes. we actually would have dads that would come in and I, and I encourage the dads, hey, post about the different holidays that you celebrate and let's talk about it. And That's then neat. from there, they would recommend children's books or they would recommend videos. And we were able to sit around and actually have conversations about different cultures and what that looks like. I, I remember back at Christmas, my my daughter saying, "Hey, can we get? Can we put up one of the um, um, uh, one of the Hanukkah uh, the the candles, the menorah, and everything? Can we light the candles?" And I was like, Definitely. "We can, but let's make sure you understand what you're what you're asking about here and what that all means." Yes. And 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 the ability to be able to ask somebody directly, "Hey, explain this to me. How can I explain this to a middle schooler and an elementary school kid?" Yeah. So d- diversity is, is so, so it has huge. helped you to enrich oh, your family. 
It, it has as these conversations come up, especially coming out of 2020 with all the craziness of, mm-hmm. of COVID and, and, and lockdowns and, and all the racial um, so much racial tension. Yeah, it, it's been an amazing um, um, sounding board and opportunity for me to and for the guys in the group to be able to have these conversations with our kids on more than one occasion, multiple times, they would say, OK, this just happened. You know, they, they just finished with the um, with the uh, trial for um, for George Floyd mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and being able to say, OK, how do I talk to my kids about this? You know, yes. like for, for me, I'm raising three black girls. How do I educate them on what their interactions should be like with the with the police? Oh, by the way, our neighbor at the end of the cul-de-sac is a, is a police officer. You know, it, it, it's 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 not lumping everybody into one group. It's understanding how you can protect yourself and how you can work with with different people. To me, that is a picture of unity. And I remember that back when that uh, the things were happening with George Floyd and things got really crazy and it got really, really crazy in California. Now, my thoughts are on a side note, if we weren't locked away inside of our house without going to any sports or anything, maybe we wouldn't have had that much bent up energy. But anyways, because everyone was stir crazy, but um, thank God we've moved past a little bit of that. Sorry for the yeah. rant. Uh, but no, when, exactly we, right. when we were going through that, um, I ran it through another podcaster. I ran across a coach and her name was coach Tia. And she was sharing on another podcast about some of the things that she had experienced with police in her family. Mm -hmm. And I just emailed her and her and I had one conversation and we hit it off like crazy. And in episode 10, I have an episode where we just straight up was like one white woman, one black woman talking about racism. That's basically what I named it. And we just talked it out. You know, we're like, how is it over there? How is it with me? How do we deal with it? How do we raise our kids? And the bottom line is what we came up with. If anyone wants to listen to that, just hop back to episode 10 and you can hear the entire conversation with coach Tia. She's an amazing single mom um, from Texas and a great family coach. Um, but basically it, it, it ended up where we were like, you know what, just love each other. That's just exactly right. love each other and care. And, and every decision you make as a parent lead with love. And it was, I, it, it, that was so uh, common in both of us as parents. Um, but I want to hear I from, that. I love that. You know, I yeah, want to hear from a father today, a black man in America, raising three girls. Yeah. How, how do you approach these subjects and what have you found that's challenging? You know, you, you hit so many different nails on the head with, with what you were just talking about. And with, like you said, people being uh, with the lockdown, people being home. We were all home, you know, a lot more than we, <clears throat> than we used to be. And having everybody under one roof, like I said, thank God for a man cave. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you right? know, <laughs> being able to kind of retreat away every Escape. now and then. <laughs> Your back will, cave. I, it's your back cave. It is my back cave. I love it. I just, I, I even have a whole little secret entrance and everything. It's, oh, it's, no. uh, it's phenomenal. You'll have to do a, a, a YouTube about, you know, showing your back cave kind of thing. That'd be funny. All right. You know, but, but, but here, here's, here's the thing that I, that I learned because the challenge that I kept running into, and, and so here, you see, I have my, my cup here that I'm, that I'm drinking out of the challenge I, I noticed about myself, especially during, during COVID, during the lockdowns is I kept wanting to give and give and give. I kept trying to pour out. And the challenge is I kept trying to pour out into the family from an empty cup. Mm, 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 and so the biggest thing that I would encourage everybody listening is, and, and this is the, my daily struggle before I can be a good parent, I've got to learn how to be good to myself. I've got to, I've got to work on my own self-care. I've got to work on, on what completes me, what makes me feel good, what makes me feel better and, and, and puts me in a better place because when I'm not in a good place, I'm not parenting from a good place. And that's when I would notice that every little thing would send me over the edge. You know, right. I'd be yelling more, you know, we wouldn't be getting along like we'd want to, but when I can take a step back, when, you know, my wife and I, during the pandemic, we said, you know what? We got all these hotels around here. We got all these, you know, built up uh, um, Hilton points and Sheridan points. You know what? You go take a weekend and you go to, and you go and, and stay in a hotel and get away from everybody. Yeah. And then I'll go and the next month I'll go and take one and let's get away so that we can come back better. So we can come back stronger. And so I would encourage everybody work on your self-care, work on your own self so that when you do come back uh, to the family and to your spouse, um, you can be just that much better. That's an amazing message to fathers because fathers feel a very strong sense of 
and the need to provide and the need yeah. to be everything they need to be. That's and right. I know many fathers that um, they feel defeated, but they're, they don't talk about it much, but they, they feel it because they are like, I'm giving, giving, giving. That's and, right. um, and I think one way you just hit it straight on is that one way that can be helped is by giving yourself permission to yes. take care of yourself, right? You, you have to. And that's where you have to have that conversation, not only with like for, for me with my, with my spouse, and that's why I love your, your course, the conversations that empower, because I had to learn how to approach these subjects because when I wanted to talk about getting away and having some alone time, I immediately felt selfish. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, how selfish is that of me to want to go and be in a room by myself or go and do whatever I want to do, have a night out with the guys, you know, selfish, selfish, selfish. And then I had to realize, no, 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 not at all. That's actually the, the bare minimum, the prerequisite so that we can, so I can come back and actually be an even better father. Yeah. And she actually noticed the exact same thing. And she was like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you to get out of here. <laughs> That's funny. And <laughs> yeah. It's like, haven't you been listening? <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> and, you know, but, but, that, but that was the whole thing. I, we, I had to change the mindset. And that's why, I, you know, I, I encourage everybody stay in a growth mindset and then also find that community. Because when I put it out there to the guys, um, a lot of them as well would not give themselves the permission to go out and do what they needed to do to make themselves better. Yeah. And we're not talking, you know, go off the deep end, but those little, yeah. those little mini breaks, and it might just be watching a TV show that you enjoy, exactly. you know, it might just be, uh, re choosing something that's not only for the family, but then yeah. those little things are the things that fill us up. And, um, and, yeah. and mothers need to do that just as much as fathers. We need to give ours, especially working mothers like myself and, right. and your wife, yeah, you know, right. so for you guys to recognize that you need to be um, filled back up so you're not trying to pour from an empty cup like we've talked about. Exactly. No, it's so key. Yeah. Now, culturally, mm -hmm. let's get back to that subject. How, yeah. how, how did things evolve? You know, all of this chaos erupted. So these subjects are not new subjects. Right. But they were brought to the forefront because of the things that have happened in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. um, how, did you approach things differently or were you always approaching things the same? Um, how did you approach this with your with your family and your girls? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. And it's it's one of those things, too, where I'm, I'm sure everybody has the the things that that are brought to their attention because, because of who they are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would have this conversation because actually a lot of my neighbors here where we live in, in North Carolina, we are in the South. So yep. the majority of our neighborhood is, is Caucasian, is white. Um, we also, like you said, also have some, um, some decent diversity with, with, with Asians, with Indians um, and other, um, other African-American um, uh, families. Now in your area, are there areas that are different than that as well? There, there are, are, you know, there's diverse? definitely some of the, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> you know, there's definitely some of the areas that, that are less diverse, you know, on, on, on all the different sides. Um, but, but I find that, you know, being a black man in America, my radar is a little bit different than maybe other folks. I was out running the other day. I was dropping the girls off at, at uh, their cheerleading um, class and they were tumbling. And while they were in that, I was like, you know what, let me work on this dad bod <laughs> and let me go out here and get a walk, get a run. And as I'm walking around, so I see a, I see a cop car down the, down the way I'm walking. I, I was already about to turn the corner. And the next thing I know, I see him kind of looping around where, where I'm at. Didn't say anything, no bad interaction. I kept walking, but when I got back to the to the cheer, the cheerleading place, I I told some of the uh, some of the moms that were there because <laughs> I was the, the only dad. The dad. I was the only dad that was there at that point in time. Um, I, I I have started to see that change some, but yeah, I was one of the dads in a in a, in a sea of moms, and I told them about the interaction, and it just blew their minds because they're like they never think about they don't understand what it means when yeah. they see a cop car yeah. um at the end of the street. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if that cop car had come around to, to, for them, they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have thought twice about it. No. But I, and but I, I think that, <laughs> yeah. And I think that everybody has an awareness. You know, they're aware. Awareness right. is not a word, but they're yeah, aware. Like, yeah. oh, there's a cop. I better be on my best behavior. But that yeah. is not the same as saying, wait a minute, they might actually read me as a threat. It, that's exactly right. That's so the I, difference. I stopped running. I started walking. And then. I then turn around and have these conversations with my daughters. And this is what's hard. We're talking about a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And so being, and, and having to explain to them that, you know what, 
you might, you're going to have to think about situations a little bit differently solely because of the color of your skin. Now yeah. don't go in assuming that that's going to be no, negative and it's going to be all these different things, that's but a you very have to be line. aware, especially as young black girls or as black women in America, you're going to have to, you know, always be on guard, you know, yeah. not only from, from all these other, you know, uh, potential threats, but just, but just in general, <laughs> you know, it's almost like you got the whole, the whole stack, uh, deck, the whole deck stacked against you. And that's, going back to your earlier question, I think that's one of the reasons why my wife and I felt early on, we wanted to make sure the girls had a foundation um, and and an early understanding of who they are and whose they are so that when these situations arise, they would have that internal fortitude to um, to be strong. Yes. Black girl magic. Right. (laughs) Then they need to own it. They need to own it. But I think you touched on something interesting that is that it's a fine line. Because you don't want them to be paranoid about this subject. You want them to be strong. And that's, that's a, that's a line that you've got to, to, to navigate gently with girls, especially. That's exactly right. And I wish I could say I figured it all out. But the great thing is that's the power of a community. I was able to go into the group and say, hey, you know what? This is the experience that just happened to me. How would you all handle this? Or how would you explain this to to your children? And that's where the guys were able to share some resources. Or we would actually do a... um, a, uh, a call, a, a virtual call, and we would all sit around and we would talk just like this about, okay, this is what's going on. How can mm-hmm. we explain this to our families? And how can we, how can we share this a- as, a, as a matter? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say my, um, actually my, my cousin, um, um, uh, Sonia, and I'll, I'll send you the link. She actually wrote a couple of books um, specifically for, it, it said, uh, daddy, did you hear the news? And then oh, wow. mommy, did you hear the news? And she actually wrote two books all about how young black kids can learn about the one book is about bullying and how to handle bullies. And she has a whole five, five letter acronym on That's how to handle beautiful. bullies. And then the other is about, you know, if you do in, get into a situation with um, law enforcement, here's some of the things that you should remember and the ways that you should act. Oh my gosh. You have to send that to me immediately. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link. That is really, really neat. But that is part of what's so important is that we just talk, you know, it's, it's communication, you know, that's part of why I developed conversations that empower because we shouldn't shrink away from hard conversations, but sometimes we don't know what to say. So then we're kind of paralyzed in that, but it sounds like, you know, you said, no, this conversation needs to happen. And then you just went forward, you know, whether you say everything perfect or not, you just went for it. Right. And and, and like you talk about in your course and, and just on your show, it doesn't have to be a long conversation. We didn't have to go all the way back into 400 years ago. And we have, <laughs> we've explained to them some of the different things. Yeah, there's a time but, and place for that. But kids have a short attention span. And, and so I will tell you too, and I'll encourage you all that are listening, regardless of the age of your kids and regardless of the nationality of your kids, the race of your kids, have these conversations because it blew my mind when my five-year-old would say, oh yeah, I play with, um, with, uh, with a little girl. Her family's from, uh, from China. And she started telling me about some of the stuff that she had learned just from her friend um, oh and, and about chi- Chinese culture. And I was like, I didn't even know you knew about all these different countries and, and recognize, you know, you know, you, you hear some people say, oh, my kids don't see color. No, no, no. They see color and they need to understand what the color means and, 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 and what that looks like. And, and how they to have a healthy respect for that exactly. and an understanding. Yes, that That's is exactly absolutely right. so true. And I, I could not said that better myself, because when we <laughs> open up the dialogue with our children, and then we hear where they're coming from. Sometimes we are blown away with the things that, that they're gleaning and that are wonderful, you know, that are wonderful and great. I know that coach Tia had talked about how her daughter was very into um, Japanese culture and she wanted to go down to uh, get some candy from uh, the middle of where she found. And she was like, all right, let's do this. And they just got in the car and went down to this area and they were, and, you know, but then they'll always have that memory. You know, it's us choosing to not stay in our comfort zone. You know, little things like that. That's why one of the things I I told the girls early on is we're going to expose you to different kinds of food. We're going to expose you to different cultures. We travel a lot. And Mm -hmm. we, and the reason behind that is because we wanted the girls to, to understand and appreciate these different cultures. And we said, when you see or try something you don't like, we're not going to call it nasty. We're not going to say, oh, that smells weird. No, 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 no. That's a good rule. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, number one, we're going to try everything at least once because you can't just, you know, immediately make a, make a decision, but, but we're going to be exposed to these things and we're going to learn how to, like you said, be tolerant and how to ask questions and learn to understand. We're going to, we're going to expose ourselves and put ourselves in these situations to, to learn and grow. Yes. And when they see that modeled, 
I can't imagine how parents like, um, when parents are embracing that, how we're, uh, affecting the next generation, because we hear a lot about, oh, we're so worried about the next generation. And trust me, there's going to be a lot of challenges coming out of a, a right. event like this, where kids have been isolated. There's going to be challenges ahead of us. But I think that the message that you're giving about community, about coming together and then being bold enough to walk forward with whatever tough subjects come, that's the way we're going to empower our kids, isn't it? I, I totally agree. I, and I, and I appreciate that. And I, and I think that's what we all need to, to make sure we're focusing on is, is who we are and who we want our kids to become. I, I love how in your podcast, you always talk about um, adults in training. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that mindset shift is so, is so key because, you know, I would always think, oh, my kids, you know, I'm going to tell them what to do. I'm going to tell them, this is, you know, what I've learned and you should do it this way. And, and no, I'm starting to learn more and more. No, no, no. They're adults in training. They have their own ideas. They have their own ways. Sometimes they can learn from my experiences, but other times they're going to need to learn on their own. From their, but, from their mistakes or challenges, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, it, but, and what works out even better is if they can be involved in that process and feel like they have a say in that process. And then that will hopefully help to keep my 12 year old from always trying to, you know, bug, bug back and put, and push back all the time. You never you know, know. <laughs> you, if you're lucky, <laughs> don't hold your breath. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm, I'm working on it. She's uh, giving me plenty of room and opportunity to grow and change every single day. <laughs> they get to the other side. That's the thing about the girls. They, they will pass the, this will pass so the little, the crazy, and then they calm down and they've learned through it somehow. So that's yeah. the good news. But, you know, before we're, we're getting ready to cl- this week, we probably could talk for another hour. But, you know, you touched on a little bit of how we're trying to change the next generation. We both have talked on that is, you know, sometimes that means breaking away from traditions that our parents have held. And culturally, you must have had some amazing traditions and and ways of parenting culturally that you've had to deal with if you're choosing the path that you're on now. How, what are some of the challenges you faced with that? No, most, most definitely. That, those were some of the conversations that Alice and I had to have early on. We're sitting in our dorms, our dorm rooms at UNC Chapel Hill talking about, um, you know, what life is going to look like in the future. Because like I said, we had already started planning some of this stuff out. And we said, you know what? We both come from families that are divorced. So mm-hmm. if we're going to get married, we're going to try and figure out what it means to stay together and, and model that for our kids. We both talked about how we had... Um, you know, and I don't even want to say abuse, but, but we both had, um, a strong disciplinary, you know, oh, families and, and, yep, and yep. parents, <laughs> you know, my, uh, that's my, not my, what you wanted in your child's history. That's exactly right. My, my mom, um, we had a belt when I was growing up and she said she, the belt's name was, was uncle George oh, no. <laughs> of all names was uncle George. And so she was like, you don't want your uncle to come and visit, do you? <laughs> and I was like, you know, and so I still think about that. I still think about that belt and, you know, and Hey, it was effective. <laughs> it was <laughs> you effective. I, it, it was was effective you know when she was Give like hey back. don't don't make me pull out uncle george i was like all right i knew what that i knew what that meant but we had to make a conscious decision alice and i said you know what we don't we don't want to go that route we mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to have to resort to physical violence because we're realizing that a lot of times it's done out of anger and we don't want to we, we want to make sure that we're connecting at a, at a better level and we want to make sure that the kids are learning from this experience and in a yeah. better way other than just going off to the room crying Yes. Um, and so, like you said, making some of those decisions contrary to how we were raised um, was key. I, I, I we've even had the grandparents come in and say, you know, if, if you weren't always just trying to talk with them kids all the time and maybe you would use your hands a little bit more, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they would get the get the the, the, the lesson a little bit quicker. And yeah, we're like, they, you know what? It wouldn't be sassing or something. <laughs> And we're like, you know what, maybe so, but, but, but we're trying something different because we want to, we want to see if we can get some different results. Yeah. I think, I think the things that you're doing are, um, are, it shows that you're passionate about it, passionate about parenting. And I just hope that more and more of our families can come together and come together with the common good of saying, you know what, we are shaping the next generation. You know, that's what we are doing here. We are yeah. the ones that are making a difference because our kids are going to go out into this world. And so I am just so thankful that we were able to have this conversation. Oh, There's yeah. just so much that we can glean from this and so many sound bites that you'll probably be hearing over the next <laughs> few weeks. I'm going to have to pull out because, oh, um, because there's a lot to learn and, you know, it comes from a humble place with you. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate your willing uh, willingness, I guess you could say well, to be humble. 
You know, Cher, I, I appreciate it. And, and, and I'll tell you this one final lesson that, I, that I've learned in this whole process, especially 12, 12 years of parenting. I do a lot of talking. Y'all probably can tell. I have no problem talking. I, I, I'm very loquacious. <laughs> but something I've learned is my kids rarely do what I say, but they do what I do. Mm-hmm. The modeling of behavior has been such a key in helping them to actually behave in the ways that we want. I would tell my 12 year old, you want to be on this high level um, uh, cheerleading team. You want to, you know, you want to do all these big things. You want to make it to, to these higher level competitions. You need to work out every single day. And I would tell her this all the time. You need to do push ups, do sit ups, do your stretches. I would say it all the time. But then when I would go down in the basement and I would start working out and I would say, hey, Sarai, I'm about to go and work out. You want to join me? And then she would join me. And then the next day, hey, dad, are we going to go downstairs and work out? Yes. And so I could tell her all the time, but I've learned and I've seen that they do so much more of what I do than what I say. Thank you for that reminder, because it's very true that when we come down, when we, when we can realize that, then everything changes because our kids, we're we're literally our, their role model. And we hear that all the time, but do we act on it? You know, do we really, really act like the role model that we need to be? And, um, and I don't know, that's just a great challenge for us to give the listeners, the listeners just to say, you know what, take a day to say, I'm not going to use my words so much. I'm going to use my actions to model behavior. And you can think of Curtis when you do and thank him when you get results, because you will. (laughs) I appreciate that. All right. Well, until next time, I know that I'm, uh, we're planning some more big things with your group, possibly uh, going through the course. I love getting together with small groups of people and walking through the course and basically being able to train along with the training that I already provide. So you and I have some, some more work to do right in ourselves and with, and to help others. But for today, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and, I, and I wanted to say, too, as, as you folks are listening and you're, and you're looking for your tribe and you're looking for that community, um, we're going to have several of them listed on our website on dadsmarriedtodoctors.com. And there's going to be a resources page um, so that if you're trying to just get a few, a, a few head starts on, on some great groups, we'll have a lot of them listed out there. But thank that, you, Cher, for this opportunity. Yeah, that's going to be in the show notes. They're going to be able to reach you through your website. And where else can we find you? Yeah, so dadsmarriedtodoctors.com, and then I'm pretty much DMD Lifestyle on, on uh, all social. So Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, all the YouTube, everywhere. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Cher. What a great conversation, and what a great reminder that we need to be an example to our kids. We need to practice what we preach. Thank you, Curtis. And this is just the beginning, guys. We have so many wonderful, passionate, caring fathers that are going to be speaking to us from their heart, from their experience. And I want you to be a part of each and every week. You're not going to want to miss it. And feel free to share. You know, podcasts make it really simple to share episodes. You just hit the share button on whatever platform you're on and either paste it onto a social media page or send it out in an email. If you thought of somebody that could really benefit from information, don't hesitate. Share this episode today. And join me at thefocusedmindset.com to get more information, join the community, get involved. We're in this together and this journey isn't easy, but it can be so much more fun when we do it together. And until next time, keep in touch and take care.